save 40%. Can you imagine if you were to take 40% of your income right now and save it every single month, how quickly you could accelerate your life? And all it's gonna take is reducing the standard of living that you think you have to keep up. Why impress anybody but your family? You know what your family would be impressed with? Financial stability, not a fancier truck or a faster car or a cooler watch. You're listening to The Man Maker Show. Welcome to season one with your host, Brad Walgamont. This podcast is all about becoming a better man for ourselves and the people around us. So if you enjoy this episode, whether you're on your way to work or mowing the lawn, make sure to share this with somebody, like, and subscribe. Well, I hope you're ready, because here we go. Welcome to the Man Maker Show. Hope you're doing great. Bradley Wilgamot coming to you live once again. Good to be with you. Another great opportunity to share some downloads and some insights I've had over time, some things that might make an impact for you. I hope they do. Um, been through a few things in my life that I'll share with you over time that hopefully don't sound self-serving or arrogant or bragging, just, just some really cool opportunities I've had, had a chance to be a part of. I want to tell you a little bit about those. I'm sitting here in, in one of our homes and I got some cool pictures behind me of Jack Nicklaus and some of the great golfers and that office depot one there is a father and son class. I'll tell you a little more about that. I love collecting sports memorabilia of the years because I really value the sacrifice that these great athletes have put out to accomplish such significant things in life. And one of my favorite, favorite golfers of all time is Gary Player. And what a lot of people don't know about Gary is that he, um, you know, was from South Africa and he's the winningest golfer in golf history, won more professional events than anybody. He hasn't won more majors like Jack Nicklaus, but his impact is really massive and um, did a lot uh, for the country of South Africa to help equalize the opportunity for people. And he was so, he was from such a controversial part of the world that he had Secret Service people staying with him most time because people made threats to kill him. It was uh, an, an amazing, Imagine stepping on the golf course and someone said, I'm gonna get you, right? Because of a racial decision he made to support blacks. And um, sad to think that actually exists, but it was part of his life. So not only this guy win a lot of major events, but he was a global world changer. Imagine the pressure and the focus that he had to go through, think about what could happen and yet still execute the game of golf. I had a chance to caddy for him a while back, um, many years ago, and in this particular event, the father and son event with his son, Wayne, and one of the greatest experiences I'll ever have walking the 18th hole with Gary Player on my left, Jack Nicklaus on my right, walking up the 18th hole on the second day of the last day of the tournament, you know, kind of playing for the lead, had a chance to win it, you know, make a big shot at the end. What, just an unbelievable experience, and, and they gave me this picture signed by all the great players. On It was the legends, I think they call it now, but every one of them won a major tournament, and I had a chance to meet all these great men and to hear the stories of the struggle and the challenge and the marriage issues and the health issues and the injury issues and things that happened in life, and they just kept going. And one of the things I learned from Gary was the importance 
of being really responsible with your money and understanding how to put yourself in the best position to win. So I want to share with you some things that I not only learned from Gary, but I've learned from other financial people that have really helped me get the most out of what I could generate. And I call it the 40-40-10-10 plan. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about how to create buckets with your money. Because if you're going to be a man, you're going to have to learn fiscal responsibility. You're going to have to learn how to live on a budget. You're going to have to learn to live below your means. You're going to spend less than you can. The world today is impress, 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 and buy things, depreciating assets so people think you're amazing because of what you can show them. And I think that's, that's just fool's gold. The, really, the idea is to have enough to be generous. And I'm going to talk about the impact of generosity as we move through these seasons, and I hope I'll get to it in today's message for you. But the 40-40-10 plan really is a real simple thing. Most of you can't do that, but I want to have you set a goal. And the 40-40-10-10 plan is this. 40% of your income pays your bills. It's what you live on. It's your car payment, your house payment, cost of living, food, and so forth. Now, most people, that's about 120% of their income because they haven't been responsible. It's gonna take some time to reverse your financial uh, habits. It's gonna take some time to pay off your bills. Set a goal, right? It's not about how much money you make, it's how much money you have left after you've made it. And if you aren't disciplined and you continue to spend money on silly things, you're never gonna have the accumulation season to be strong enough in your life to create enough dynamic wealth that you can be extremely generous in the impacts of that. So 40% of your paycheck goes to life. Another 40% goes into investing. Put it somewhere long-term. Put it in or a midterm. We'll talk about that strategy in a second. But have an investment mindset. Save 40%. Can you imagine if you were to take 40% of income right now and save it every single month? How quickly you could accelerate your life? And all it's gonna take is reducing the standard of living that you think you have to keep up. Why impress anybody but your family? You know what your family would be impressed with? Financial stability, not a fancier truck or a faster car or a cooler watch. It's the security they're after, right? A peace of mind knowing that if the fit hits the shan, we're going to be okay. So you got 40% paying your bills, 40% long-term going into some wealth, 10% is your play money, right? Just 10%. It's just play with it. That's what you go out and have a near nice dinner with. That's what you go to a ball game with. That's what you go to a movie with. It's entertainment. I, I believe in having fun, okay? I don't believe in having so much fun you don't get the work done, but I do believe if you don't take the time to enjoy yourself a little bit, you're not, you're not going to stay happy. And maybe your wealth doesn't allow you much to do much, but maybe 10% allows you to go camping. Camping's cool. I love the camp. I love getting outdoors. So maybe all you can afford is a, is a campsite and a tent. Maybe eventually 10% gives you enough to get some nice hotels, some cool airlines. That's kind of your slush fund, your fun. Budget out and, and learn to be grateful for your discipline and grateful for the money you do put aside so you can be thinking long-term and create some wealth that people that bear your name live a different life and live the generosity factor full on. And then I really strongly suggest you take 10% and you give it away. Give it to your church. Give it to your community, give it to your mom, right? You can always find people of need. I remember being on a flight once coming home. No, I was going to Juneau, Alaska, and I ran into a friend of mine on the flight, and he had been down in New Orleans after the big uh, hurricane hit there and the, broke the levee and the cities got flooded and it was just a tragedy. And he was down there donating his time and working whatever way he could do to help in relief. 
And he said to me, he was sitting next to him, and he goes, I never thought I would say this, but I have finally been to a place where if I had a billion dollars to give away, it wouldn't be enough. <laughs> he didn't have a billion, neither did I. But there are big needs in this world. And it's big donors that make things happen for medical, for humanitarian, for rebuilding structures, for feeding people. I mean, how many people lived inside the, the what it was called, the Superdome or whatever it was down there in New Orleans because they lost their homes? Put yourself in a position to where you can be generous. So take 10%. I don't care if it's 20 bucks. Hopefully it's not. 10% should be at least, I don't know, a couple hundred at least. And give it away. There's something really amazing. I've talked about it over and over and over again that happens in your soul when you do this. When you give your money away. It's just a wonderful thing. And I really believe in sowing and reaping and law of increased returns and reciprocity that the more I give, the more I get. It has happened all throughout my life. So 40-40, 10-10. Okay? Now, I want to encourage you to have a bucket plan <clears throat> as you're setting goals and, and, and manage your life. Okay, so you got a bucket for emergencies. You got a bucket for your short-term needs. You've got your bucket for your mid-term goals. And then you get a bucket for your long-term goals. And you decide how you want to split that up. But first and foremost, the emergency fund is something that you have enough money, cash money, not a stock, not somewhere you got to go sell it and, you know, sell it a loss because you need the money. It's for emergencies. It's liquid cash. So that if something happens bad, you've got some money to pay your bills for three or four months, preferably six months, but three to four months, you have enough cash available to take care of your family needs if you didn't make a dollar, okay? That's your emergency fund. Now your short-term fund, another bucket, call them envelopes, call them different accounts that you have at your bank in your savings side or what have you, but it's for that one to two year need. Everybody needs to have some one to two year plans. I love the book, The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. And Tim Ferriss talks about the, the inspiration of having a goal in one to two years and you work your butt off to get enough money put aside that you can go do that really cool thing, right? I loved taking my parents on awesome trips. I took them to the Ryder Cup in Spain. I sent them to the Ryder Cup <clears throat> in Europe. We were able to go on really fun trips together and they were big goals. I worked really, really hard to save enough money so that I could do these awesome trips. They inspired me, right? Maybe you're saving up money so you can upgrade your car. But a one to two year plan, something that really gets your juices going. Something you're like, man, that's gonna be so awesome. Because if you don't have this, this deep burning desire for this really cool thing coming up, like a baby being born, then why would you be disciplined enough to budget yourself like that? Why would you be disciplined enough to have active, passive portfolio income? Why would you be disciplined enough to have buckets set up right? You need a one to two year thing that really stirs you that you're going after, and that you're saving and planning for, okay? The third bucket is more of your midterm, okay? Like your three, four, five years, buying a house, kids going to college, kid getting married, aging parents that might need medical help and insurance doesn't cover it. You know, my grandparents, when they aged, they didn't have proper insurance. And I was able to take care of a lot of their medical things when they couldn't, and you know, I just something I wanted to do. And it wasn't a lot of money. It was, you know, maybe a thousand dollars a month or something to help them with medications they needed that, that weren't covered or something that just slipped through the insurance cracks. When, when my mom passed away and my dad was left with massive medical bills 
that weren't covered. And it put them in a really, really challenging hardship. I, I, wanna, I wanna be in a position that if and when that happens, we're in a great place and we can get things done right. And, and I, I think that's a good midterm type plan, right? Four, five, seven, eight years. College fund, marriage fund, having a kid, maybe bringing your wife home from work. Something that's gonna take 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, $100,000. Now that'd be a heck of a wedding, of course, but something bigger like buying your first house and being able to pay mostly cash. Be putting money in this fund and have an idea. Okay, if it's seven years from now and I need 50 grand, well, how do I, how do I save that much? What's, what's my accumulation plan? Don't just kind of think about it. Have a, a month by month and then have an investment plan where you're making 3% or 7% or 10% or get more aggressive on things with the percentage of your portfolio because of your risk tolerance, your time horizon, so you can set yourself up a proper way to have some more aggressive returns with a smaller percentage of your investment fund. But have a plan. Plan to fail. Now, failure to plan is a plan to fail, right? No plan, no chance. You gotta have a plan. And it may seem challenging, but I don't care if you're 18 watching this video, have a plan. Have your emergencies covered, not mommy, daddy, you. Be a man and get yourself organized. When the fit is a sham, you've got yourself covered. Have a one to two year plan of something that you think is gonna be really cool. Maybe it's a trip to, to Thailand or Europe or to go to a Super Bowl. And, and you, I can't wait to go to the World Cup and save your money on a one to two year model X amount. Have a five to seven year plan of something that's even more significant, buying a home, things of that nature, and then have this long range plan, this long range plan, this 20, 30 year plan. It really is your freedom plan. Nobody wants to work their whole life. I just say, oh, I'll work till the day I die. I doubt it. I don't want to work that hard. I want to enjoy my final 20, 30 years of life with the people I love. I don't want to have to be in a financial duress. So have a plan and know what that looks like. How much income, how much money, develop it. If you don't, you're going to find yourself 30, 40, 50, 60 going, what the F? Every time I talk to most financial planners, they usually say, if guys would have started when they were 18, saving 100 bucks, they'd be in a different place when they're 50. Because you can add and add and add and add and add and compound and compound and compound and get yourself in a great position. But if you don't start saving till I, when you have money, you may never have enough money because you keep increasing your costs as you increase your income. You never have the plan. Create the discipline while you're young. That's what men do. We sacrifice. We discipline. We make the tough decisions so that when we have a need or a goal, it's there. They don't catch us off guard. We don't find ourselves upside down. That's the whole idea of the emergency fund, the midterm, the, the short, excuse me, the, the emergency, the short term, the midterm, and the long term. This allows you to get the full benefits out of generosity. And I want to share with you, I think, four significant benefits that happen as a result of saving money and being generous as you create your wealth. Number one, We've talked about it. It increases your self-worth. I'll talk about the four assets in a different time. But assets is like a worth, a value. And self-image or self-worth is part of that. And generosity, without a doubt, increases your self-worth. You're more confident. You're happier. You have more hope. And we know that he who has the most hope has the most influence. Right? We're able to confess things over people and speak things into existence. Right, I've heard a saying, uh, a positive word is giving life to an expectation. A positive word gives you the opportunity to fulfill it. 
by speaking over someone saying, I see this in you. I expect this. I feel in my heart, this is your future in terms of your impact and your wealth and your prosperity. There's something about our life that changes when we live from this. The second thing that happens when you live in a generosity place is it increases your vision. Now, when you're generous with a little, you love it. It makes you want to be generous with your wealth. So it increased your vision. And what's the, the proverb say? Man without vision shall perish. If we don't have a bigger dream, if we don't increase our vision, eventually we begin to get in that law of entropy. We just begin to lose. Why? Because we, we lose our hope. So we don't have the same impact. We don't have the same expectations of great things. I want you to be in a place where you are increasing your vision every year, not decreasing, not getting to 65 and going, well, let's see. I'm going to retire, so my main income is stop. What can I cut out of my life when my income goes to 50%? No way, man. When you get done working I, with your, with your active income, I want you to accelerate your life. I want you to increase your vision. As you get older, I want you to think bigger and bigger and bigger. Remember, aging is the aggressive pursuit of comfort. Stay in the dis side of it, the dis comfort of life and let that inspire you to stretch, to grow, to expand, to read, listen, learn, apply, to dream, to, to, to imagine things that haven't even happened yet because we don't know everything at one point was impossible. Flying an airplane, driving a car, computers, telephones, everything was impossible until someone said, it's not okay, it's impossible. We should be a multi-planet species, says Elon Musk. We should look at cities three-dimensionally and build tunnels and get rid of this traffic issue, right? We should be able to send a rocket to outer space and then recycle that rocket and bring it back and use it again and again and again and decrease the cost of what it takes to explore outer worlds. He thinks so differently. And as he gets older and achieves more, his vision gets grander and grander and grander. And we all have the opportunity to do this. The third thing... And I want you to take this right. But generosity creates a following. The purpose of following is positive influence. I'm not interested in you having a following like fans or people that gawk over you or that, you know, think you're something else because of, you know, whatever. I want people to follow you because you can guide them, because you can mentor them. I want people to follow you because you speak life in them. I want people to to want to know what you know, to sit at your feet because you've done something that they want to learn to do. This creates a following. Generosity. People love to be around a generous spirit. A generous spirit doesn't just mean money. It means with your words. It means with your love. It means with your encouragement. It's, it's adding value to anybody in any way you possibly can. This will generate a following. And Gosh, I got a phone call from a guy a few months ago, and he says, Brad, I just need to tell you one of my Fab Five. Palm Five, excuse me, my Palm Five. My Palm Five, what do you mean? He means you're one of the five men that's going to carry my casket. We're that kind of friends. I'm like, wow, I'd never heard that before. That is, what an honor. And isn't it sad to think that most people won't have five? They just won't. As we get older, we get less and less friends. Why? We get grouchy, we get grumpy, we get tired, we get selfish, we stop reaching out. Some guys say, well, I'm just kind of done with friends. They just keep burning me up. I've had a person just the other day say, how do you keep having hope to make new friends when you've been burned and hurt and let down so many times? So many times you've made mistakes and people have abandoned you because of your mistakes and maybe rightfully so. How do you keep hope for people? I'm like, that's all I got. 
If I lose that, what's the point of being around? I want to be around people. I want to have best friends. I want to have people that I'll lay it down for. Right? No greater ha gift has he than he who would lay down his life for his brother. To have someone that, that, that loves you so dearly that they would do anything. I want to be that person. And I want to earn that person. I want to be that person that can serve. And I want to be that person that earns it. And you do that by generosity. And that's part of a following. A following is not narcissistic. It's not how many likes or shares or people on your YouTube channel. That's not what it's about. A following is for the purpose of positive influence. Does that make sense? That's really what it boils down to. And then the last real benefit of, well, there's probably more, but the last one I'll share with you. And the purpose of generosity is it helps you avoid the trap of selfish mindset. That, that entropy decline of mental capacity where you just, you just don't make an impact anymore. And I don't want that to happen. I don't want you to fall prey to selfish things. I don't want you to sit and watch CNN or Fox and be bitter because of everything you see in the news because they're not making positive impact. There's no more hope. You're just like this government and that policy and just, it was just negative, 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 negative. You know what? That's self-decline. That's selfishness. Instead of saying, this is happening to me, why don't you put yourself in a place where I am going to create so much wealth and impact and influence that I will never get to a selfish mode. That my life, the day I die, will be about impacting and empowering and uplifting. And the more stuff you've been through, the more people you can help. The, the wider the, the net of life, the mistakes you've made, the more people you can relate to. The greater the server, the greater the influence, the greater the impact. And oftentimes, part of that comes from compassion, which means you suffer with. You've been through things. You now can help people walk through things. That's, that's how people get back up. When they meet someone, it's like, I've been there. I've done that. You did that. How'd you get through it? Right? You can't be selfish when you're living, looking for an opportunity to do that in people's lives. I don't want you to go into the selfish decline. That's such a sad disaster. You're better than that. Now, I know most of you are decades away from that. But just look around at the grandparents, depending on your age, maybe it's your parents. Are they serving? Are they happy? Are they full of joy and love? Do they want to serve? Do they go, hey, Brady! Or are they like, oh, get over here. Give the old man a hug. Have they, have they lost their desire to serve? They're, they're, it's, it's like, come see me. Come help me, right? I was going through a season a while back with my kids and three of them have moved to Arizona and one lives up here in Seattle and I don't see them as much as I want to. And it breaks my heart because I love, love being with them. And I feel bad when they don't call and I don't hear from them and it frustrates me and it hurts my heart. And this may sound weird to you, but I, I gave that to God and he said, Brad, shift your focus. Be the greatest servant to all of them. Encourage them, love them. Be for them what you're hoping they'll be for you. Show them, encourage them. If you send 50 messages, don't get one back, send 51. What did Mother Teresa say? Someone asked her, what do you do when someone's really hurting or falling down? She goes, I love them. Well, what if, what if they fail some more? I increase the dose. What if they fail more? Increase the dose. Because the, the only thing that will help people heal is people to know that they're loved, that they're valued. So 
if we get in the selfish mode as we age and we wonder why people don't call, well, maybe because you're a grumpy call. Or maybe because you don't add value. Or maybe you don't encourage you. Maybe you don't dig in and say, what's going on? Tell me, what are you passionate about? What are you working on? What are you dreaming on? Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. How can I help? Can I pray for you? Can I, can I study something? Can I participate? Can I come watch you perform? Right? Can I, can I be a part of your thing? My mom and dad, God bless them. My little brother is a very, very talented musician. And he was in a band um, and traveled the world. He was an opening act for Nirvana for years. He just had this amazing life. But their music was really edgy. I thought it was quite cool. But my parents are up there, you know. They grew up in the Lawrence Welk world, you know, where <laughs> it wasn't like hardcore hypnotic rock. But my mom and my dad would go to almost every show that Roderick played anywhere in the Northwest. And they'd show up, my mom in her little patent leather shoes and a little bow in her hair and her little cardigan sweater. And they'd walk in there and they'd sit in the back and, and they'd be like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. But they were so proud of their son. And I love watching them be so proud, even though like, I can't hear it, it's too loud. Why are these people smashing each other and doing these crazy things up in the pit? And oh, But they're like, that's my son. He's living his dream. He's doing what he always wanted to do. And, and they were so proud. And then we go in the green room afterwards and Roderick would introduce mom and dad to all his, you know, crazy band friends. They're just living these wild lives. And my mom would just be, oh my gosh, they're so sweet. They're so nice. I just love them. I'm so, I'm, I'm so happy that you're doing what you love. <laughs> I just thought that was such a life lesson that as she aged, her generous spirit impacted people that probably thought, what? is your mother doing here? Are you kidding me? Your mom came to the show? Yeah, she comes all the time. Man, I wish mine would. So what am I saying? I don't want to see you move into a selfish mode. And I know people that are old at 30. I know people that are old at 40. And I know people that are puppy dog young at 80. That's going to be a result of your generosity. If everything's about you, you've, you're the opposite energy of generosity and that's when you begin to have all these laws of prosperity work against you. Be generous. Be disciplined. Set your budget up right. 40, 40, 10, 10. Understand how to properly fill your emergency bucket, your short-term bucket, your mid-term bucket, your three-month need, your one to two-year need, your three, five, five, six-year need, and your 20, 30, 40 year need. Learn how to set a budget up. Start now. I don't care what your age is. I don't care if you're 50 or 15. Start and never stop. Your future self will thank you. I guarantee you, if you want to hit 30 years and you come back and tell yourself something to your younger 25, 30-year-old body, you'd say things like, Read every day, advance your mind, be kind, be generous, be disciplined, save, plan, have dreams, have goals. I, I read a survey of nine-year-olds that were interviewed years ago, and th that would be quite a feat just to find nine-year-olds you could survey, but they said, you know, if you could do it all over again, what would you do differently? And every one of them, well, maybe that's a stretch, but a large, large majority of them said, I would have spent more time with the ones I love. They didn't say I worked harder. I didn't say I would have, you know, done all these other things. I would have spent more time with the ones I love. But I was so busy making a living, I didn't have the time to make the difference. And I heard another story a while back about a pastor. And 
you know, there's a lot of great things and not so great things about a commitment to serving people your entire life. But they said, the most difficult thing is when people pass. And they said, there's two, usually two types of people. There are those that were ready and he would oftentimes be called in as their, on their final days and pray with them and comfort them and share with their family and try to encourage people. And he says, a lot of times it was beautiful. Saying goodbye, love you, thank you. He says the worst ones were the ones that weren't ready, that have a life of regret, that wish they'd done more, wish they'd served more, wish they'd loved more, wish they'd said I'm sorry more, wish they'd forgiven more, a life of regrets. So I'm trying to take those things and play them in my life because 10 years from now, I'll be 10 years older wondering what did I do when I was this age that either catapulted me into prosperity and generosity or prevented it because of my mindset. Huge tips. And as a man, as a leader, as a sacrificial servant to your family, this is important. So let's go. Let's get disciplined. Let's do something that people don't do these days, man. Let's, let's live below our means. Let's not show off. Let's, let's put some money in the bank. Let's have some goals and dreams. Let's be passionate about it. Let's get all the income streams going right so that we can live <laughs> in ways that people only dream of. Most people wouldn't do what I did when I was working 90-hour weeks. They wouldn't. But I worked as hard as I did because I knew what I wanted in the future. I knew that the day would come when that would pay off, and it will for you as well but you're gonna to have to pay that price, right? Dream today, it's the only way you got a shot so you can live as other people can barely dream of. The truth is, nothing you can't do. Get big hopes, get big dreams. Be disciplined so that you can be generous. All right, Man Maker Show. Love you guys, I hope it helps. See you soon.